Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 375, Craig Adua! I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. I'm glad you could say that because I still can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what that battle cry was before uh, Highlanders because of, you know, the, the war games and oh, yeah. Jamie yells that right. every chance he That's gets. Right. <laughs> yeah. Forgotten that. Yeah. Did you guys have a good week? How are you guys? Welcome back, Glenn. Thank you. I'm bit exhausted now even though we got back friday and we've just used the last two days to recover but yeah it was fun we how was florida it's there i was considering how <laughs> my East month Coast? was going last week well now <laughs> i want to give everybody a geography lesson because i was not ever on the west co- or the, the east coast <laughs> although west coast. <laughs> i was at an east coast state i give you that but i was about as I'm far from that the, as victory i was about as far from the east coast as you could get and being still in florida because we were in pensacola which is almost by texas <laughs> which my magnets are almost by texas by the way. <laughs> <I knew> it. <laughs> <laughs> and i cut out the geography lesson for Did the week you? before well sometimes i like to save sean from himself because <laughs> i wanted p i wanted to come back and say i went to uh navarre which is near pensacola and all of our listeners have gone, oh, yeah, that's Gulf Coast. That's, you know, that's almost near Texas. That's Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. And I wanted to save him from himself because he was so adamant saying that I was going to the West Coast. East which coast. Yeah, Or East Coast. I keep saying West. East Coast, which I did go to an East Coast state, but I was <laughs> not near the East Coast. And I thought, I'll save Sean from himself so that people don't think he's an idiot thinking I was on the East Coast. Because I wasn't. So I cut it from the show only to find out you guys talked about it last week anyway. And I thought, all right. That's what we get for continuing a gag. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suspected I cut oh, it anyway. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we get for not listening to the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I was not on the East Coast, but I was in Florida. And uh, I have never been to the Gulf Coast in Texas, but I've always heard how dingy it looks and the beaches aren't as nice and whatnot and, and I'm, I'm sure there's some fine areas in texas that are are gorgeous and but people that is not true for florida's gulf coast it is gorgeous the ocean is green up to a point and then it just drops off into blue where it's uh deep and uh, the 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 sands are white which are just gorgeously white sands and uh, we we actually left on Saturday of last week, drove down to Birmingham, Alabama, which is about a 10-hour uh, drive. And so that was the longest drive of our trip. And we stayed with some friends there. And then the next day on Saturday, no, on Sunday, uh, and we had lunch. We got on the road and went to Florida. Uh, we got to Florida late on Sunday. So Monday we drove to the beach, and it was kind of cold and rainy. Um, so we just kind of got out and looked at the beach and they have these really nice, you, there's Navarre beach, which is the very kind of, um, touristy, you know, there's beach houses down there and that's commercial property over there. And then as you drive down the beach even further, they have coastal reserve, which mm-hmm. is federal land and that's Gulf breeze. And, uh, we drove down there the first day and it's just, you know, there's hardly any people down there, but you can go up to the beach and stuff. So we went and looked at that. We went and ate it. Uh, we actually went down to the pier at Navarre beach, uh, walked the pier, went to this great restaurant called wind jammers, uh, terrific seafood. It was so good. Uh, next day we got up, took the kids to the beach. 
Um, so they actually got some beach time. We actually went to the public beach part at Navarre. Hmm. Got way burnt on my legs because we <laughs> used the spray stand suntan lotion, which I prefer, but we didn't get good coverage because there was a bit of a breeze. Uh, and then that night we drove over to Destin, which is another kind of touristy town, and we did uh, a dolphin cruise. Then we went to, um, I'm going to say it right, Fud Buckers, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, I Fud think they buckers? have Fud Puckers, not Fud Ruckers, Fud Puckers, which Fud is puckers. they have a couple of these in Florida. This particular one we went to has live alligators, and you can feed hmm. the live alligators, and you can actually order alligator on their menu, which we talked about doing, but we didn't end up doing. They got really good burgers. Alligator's kid, really pretty good. Is it? I've, I've, I've had, had alligator it. tail. Yeah, that's what this was on the menu, yeah. too. So, uh, Went home next day. We got up and went to Pensacola and had lunch at this place called Jocko's. And we drove back to Navarre, and the kids wanted to go to the beach again. And it was a little cooler that day, so Holly and I didn't get in the water, but the kids got in. We went and bought them a boogie board because everybody down there had boogie boards the day we were down there. So they played on that. And that time, we didn't go to the public part. We went over back over to the uh, Gulf Breeze Federal Reserve. Then we went back to uh, went back to the house, had a barbecue, and played some board games. And then we got up Thursday, and we went ahead and got on the road because we had you know fourteen and a half hours to get back. And not well, not total because we split it up. So what we did is we decided we'd drive to Memphis and stay in Memphis. Well, we found a little town outside of Memphis uh, in Marion, Arkansas, Arkansas, so that we were on the north side of Memphis. Memphis, Memphis. Uh, stayed there overnight. <laughs> we came home Friday night. And that wow. was it. We'd just been recovering the last few days. Cool. That's pretty much it. Nice. Sounds like a good trip. I did get a movie watch this week, too. What'd you watch? I watched Justice League. I felt like I needed to catch up since <laughs> you watched it last week. What'd you think? I liked it. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. It feels like the DC universe that I'm familiar with now. Um, it's brighter. It's f- more. There's more fun. There's more lightheartedness to it. It's not the dank, dark uh, stories that Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman are. I'm glad that they didn't sweep a lot of that backstory aside because that would have irked me if they had yeah. just kind of ignored a lot of that stuff that didn't work or they, that I felt didn't work. I enjoyed it. I, I now sort of regret not seeing it in the theater, but then on the flip side, if the track record had been better, I would have seen it in the theater. So. <laughs> yeah. What did you, you guys do this week? <laughs> I finished oh. Jessica Jones season Two. Oh, you finally finished? Oh, I guess I finished too. I haven't oh. talked to you since I finished no. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You finally finished it? Well, it's I guess it's, it's only been, been three weeks since so. it came out, yeah. so that's pretty well, good for me. <laughs> I think I finished it. I finished it before we went on vacation for sure, and I think it was even almost. I a finished week before it that, Monday, so. yeah, but you'd so. mainline most of it that first day because you were off. Uh, he had seen more of it. I had mainline than I. Yeah, he, he, I he was up to episode nine, That's and I only had four. Yeah, I, I didn't get so. much watched in that week in between, and then I had Monday off, so I was able to finish it off. Yeah, which it's finished strong. It kind of meandered in the middle a little bit or near the end. It was good. Well, I solid, recommend solid second season. We watched. Uh, Season two of Better Late Than Never, that reality show where William Shatner, Henry Winkler, oh yeah, yeah, uh, and the other two guys, George Foreman and Jeff, uh, Jeff Die, Die, and there's one other guy, Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw, yeah. yeah. This time it was Europe. It was quite That's enjoyable, a fun show. I yeah, watched it that really too. is. Sean, yeah, what did you do? I saw allergies and lost. <laughs> I've been fighting them too, uh, especially a, since Friday. I have an appointment next week. I'm just going to pay all the monies and say, make, make me better. <laughs> um, we had Katrina this weekend, so we did a, <clears throat> well, we didn't do a double feature. We did a movie for Saturday and one Sunday, and they were both kid films. 
Which ones? <laughs> we saw Peter Rabbit. How was that? It's okay. Hmm. I'm not the target audience. I understand that, but I, it's no Paddington. Well, what is? Well, yeah, very <laughs> few of them are. It's cute. I mean, you know, the bunnies are, are, are cute, and there's way too much given away in the trailer. Yeah, it's just kind of there. Hmm. And then, um, what do we see today? Oh, Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> so, the, 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 <laughs> Nomeo and Juliet, if you haven't seen it, we, we caught that one at the Dollar Theater back when it came out. And Nomeo and Juliet is actually a very cute, tongue-in-cheek adap- adaptation of Romeo and Juliet with gnomes. And it's a delightful little comedic romance. And it's chock full of Elton John songs. And we didn't expect anything of it. And was like, wow, that was really kind of cool. That was great. That was a lot of fun. And Katrina really wanted to see it. Like, okay, so we'll, we'll go. We got the movie pass. We'll just pay for one ticket. Oh, we overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> it's let's take those two characters that you really liked from that movie and put them over here in a Sherlock Holmes mystery movie, which doesn't work. I mean, they're, they're just, there's, there's, there's nothing. Nothing to do well, This is the third one, isn't it? No. In second. Is it, the wasn't second there one. one before Romeo and Juliet? Nope. Nope. Mm. I can't recommend it. Don't, don't, don't waste it. Even Mel was like, I'm looking forward to an adult movie tomorrow. Because <laughs> we think we're going to try and go see uh, Death Wish. <laughs> so, on the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah, that was about it. All right, what do we got in the news? Well, our only bit of news this week... Uh, is Candy Jar Books has announced a new collection of stories featuring Alistair Lethbridge-Stewart. The, stor- the short story collection. So this is spurred off of the competition to submit stories. So these are all people who submitted stories to Candy Jar um, in their short story competition. So we've got Shadows... This is- some of the ones that didn't make it into Havoc Files 4, because a couple of those were winners. Right, right I yeah. think so. So, And with Havoc Files coming to an end and still celebrating the 50th anniversary year, this is a great way to do that. Yes. Uh, they have Shadows in the Glen by Richard Brewer, The Friendship Paradox by Thomas Firth, The Special Responsibility by Gary Tinnams, Soldier in Time by Martin Gregory, the Man with the Red Case by Matthew Ball. The Brigadier Rides Again by Ross Hastings. And Machina Exprivated by Anthony Robertson. And Burning in Daylight by <laughs> you just, Paul Chase. You're just going to leave that one in there, huh? And, and Machina Exprivated. Some of us read Latin Bravit. the same way we read sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> too many X's and Q's yeah, in that yeah, word. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so all new writers for the short story collection. Lots of fun there. Pretty exciting. Very exciting. Welcome to the fold. Limited edition run, of course, of publish of printed copies. So order yours. Can they order your? Can they order theirs now? Or is it just coming? Has it been announced for pre-order yet? I believe it has been announced for pre-order. Well, you better hurry up and order yours now. Yeah, because they'll run out quick. Cool. Anything else? That's pretty much it. All right. Any feedback this week, Keith? No feedback. No one wrote feedback. I should have wrote another one. (laughs) Um, Well, let's move on to our review. What are we starting with? What do you mean starting with? What are we starting with? We're starting with the Highlanders. Oh, that would be what we're starting with. (laughs) Well, we're going to go in doctor order, so let's do second doctor (laughs) first. Yeah, it's all that. 
History books don't always tell the whole story. Certainly there's no record of an episode that occurred when the Scots, led by Bonnie Prince Charlie, were defected, defeated by the English in the Battle of Colden in 1746. And the presence at that time of a blue police box on the Scottish moors seems to have escaped notice of most eyewitnesses. The Highlander sets the record straight. And while the incidents described may not be of great interest to historians, for Jamie McCrimmon, they mark the beginning of a series of extraordinary adventures. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's the synopsis from the novelization. This is about my fourth go-around with this. I mean, not fourth time, but I've listened to the audio reconstructions twice, and then I now read the novel, or the yeah, novelization. And then I've finally gotten around to watching the recon, which is rough when you're missing all four episodes. But I still contend that this is much better doing this by reading the novelization first and then watching the uh, recons because it certainly makes it a lot easier. And I think the recons go faster. Like I find I went through a rewatch or a watch first watch on, on some of the first Doctor era when I was listening, or not listening, when I was reading um, uh, Neil and Sue Perryman's uh, Wife in Space series. And because I wanted to make sure I had seen everything, or at least was familiar <coughs> enough with everything before. And I found I'd, I would hit those Hartnell ones, and some of them were much better than other ones, but it's, it's really difficult when you're just hearing it, especially when some of them don't have the narration or they don't have the info text at the bottom of the screen. This this way that we do them when we read it, it seems like I sit down and I think, oh, this is going to be a long trod, but they seem to go quicker than even yeah. the book paces out. And there's some things that I, sometimes the, the show will go along so far, and these aren't long reads. They're usually 130, 180 pages. But, this one was only 120. Yeah, so the uh, these go so much quicker when I watch the recons now because I know where they're at in the story. And they seem to, to click along a little quick, quicker. So I, that happened with the Crusade. That happened with Moonbase or uh, Moonbase uh, Wheel in Space. Yeah. I just felt like things clicked along a little faster, uh, having knowing known the story well enough. So I'll be honest. There's a, there's a part of my brain that goes uh, homework because I have to read the book and then I have to watch the. You know, I, I struggle with these recons. I really do. It's like, do I really want to? Yeah, you got to do it. Get into it. So I'll get into it. And I'll start reading it. And I enjoy the story for what it is. And then I'll go and sit down and, okay, you're up. Ready, ready. And I'll dive into the recon. And I'll realize that you already know this. So you know what's, <laughs> you know, because you've read the book. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so much more palatable, so much easier on the brain. Because I'm not having to necessarily devote that same level. This sounds bad. I'm not devoting the same level of attention to it as if I was well, just watching it fresh. A little easier to let your mind wander occasionally, which is going to happen when you're just staring at a picture exactly. listening to something. Yeah, so is. you can then pick up where you left off, wherever your mind wandered to, once you see the next picture change, and you go, oh, yeah, that, I'm watching something. Yeah, I'm listening, but I know exactly where we are, and I'm not lost now. Exactly, because um, I'm, I'm still listening. I'm still taking it in, but because the imagery is only so frequently, it's not that constant flicker. Right of of what's going on, um, and this one I think benefits from being, what's his name, Jerry Davis, mm-hmm. yes, who wrote the the episode. He co-wrote co-wrote, co-wrote, co-wrote it, co-wrote and he episode. didn't 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 write much of it. The uh, first guy that's credited wrote most of it, 
uh, Jerry was script editor, I think, at the time, or was a, a assistant script editor or something. Uh-oh. And he went in and polished. Well, it, he didn't so. change much because he didn't change for the book. No, I, I got, he, he yeah. elaborated a little bit on some spots and restructured just a, little, just, a little bit, yeah, just a tiny little bit. Because I'll be honest, I got down kind of to the wire. I watched four, part four today because we were so busy earlier. I just didn't get to it, and I hadn't finished reading the book yet. I still had about 15, 20 pages to go. I actually watched part four before I finished reading the book also. Well, I was watching them, and then I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and, since I'm kind of doing that divided attention thing anyway, so I just pulled it up and was reading along with the episode as it was going. (laughs) It's almost exact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really, really close. It's really close. There's a point in episode four... Where Elwin Jones is the other co-writer he, of this. The, the the episode jumps back and forth between what's Polly is doing and what the doctor's doing. Mm-hmm. Where in the book it doesn't. Yeah, it and that, that's the biggest one. difference that I noticed. A couple other small uh, extensions in the book, but really not much. Yeah, not much at all. I mean, even down to some of the dialogue is. And the other thing is that the the episode. This is one thing where I will give the episode, at least in the recon with the audio. Uh, a, a greater hand than the book was the doctor's accent when he launched into being the German doctor. See, in my head, the, the accent was that. better. <laughs> well, I kind of lost that thread. So I knew he was doing it in that initial scene, but I never came back to it in my head when I would read subsequent oh. scenes. And so to hear it, and it was like, okay, he's still playing this character. Through. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Now. Did that you guys think he sounded sense. more like Salamander than in German? A little bit. <laughs> Okay, good. So not just me. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't too impressed by it. And I love Patrick Troughton, but his accent, his fake German accent, wasn't right. wasn't very good. In my let me give, correct. Him, give him props for playing four different characters in this one. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me correct what I said because this isn't the one I'm thinking of. Ellen Jones actually carried on no work in this script. He was commissioned to write the story. According to Wikipedia, the scripts were written by story editor Jerry Davis, which is probably why it's so familiar uh, in the uh, in the unlike other cases in which the story or slash script editor subs, uh, substantively rewrote wrote or rewrote strips. However, Davis actually did get an on-screen credit for it. So in the past, the writer would just get a solo credit, even if it was reworked quite a bit, which was the case with um, uh, Douglas Adams sometimes or, or, or other writers that had come in and just David reworked Agnew. it. <laughs> David Agnew. <laughs> um, but he actually did get credit on there. So they're jointly credited. So. Well, that's good to know. This story, it, it, the latter half, while it clips along, struggles a little bit in the recons be, and, and the beginning, too, for that matter, because there's so much action. It makes it a little harder to follow what's going on. The sword fight on, on the boat on. was... Yes, the, <laughs> the sword fight, the initial scuffle. Uh, while we had some video clips, there wasn't a lot. It was it, That's where the, having the novel kind of fill in those gaps of what's mm-hmm. happening in the action really helps. Tremendously. Really helps, yeah. And I completely, you know, of course, most of the characters in my head I had somewhat down. So then when I saw the, the, the reconstruction, I kind of thought, yeah, that's kind of what I had imagined. Except for the daughter. I can't remember. What's her name? Um, oh, Christy. Christy. I, that wasn't who I pictured. The no. voice was there, but boy, the, the, no, this is not who I pictured. I don't know what I what I thought I pictured of this girl, but she looked a lot older than what I had pictured in my head. I had a much younger looking girl, and this girl may have been, you know, younger anyway. But uh, <laughs> I had a much younger looking girl, younger than Polly. This girl looked like she was at least the same age, or maybe even older. 
Um, and just, I don't know, it, it, that that just kind of set me back. I was like, whoa, this is not my big, everybody else, obviously, though, we, we I'm familiar enough with Jamie, uh, Ben, Polly, and, and yeah. uh, uh, the Doctor. Um, and then, the you know, the secondary characters really kind of near what I visualized well, Perkins as well. Um, I already had voices to go with my reading it because I had listened through the audio reconstruction before. But yeah, I just, I, I was, for some strange reason, I was taken aback by the actress that played Christy. I was like, well, that's not what I pictured at all. So She kind of reminded me of Katerina from what I've seen of Katerina. Yeah. At, least visual, at least in appearance. Yeah, she, I can't, you could say that, yeah. I just did, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that being said, I haven't, you know seen much Katarina just pictures so right right I think the story is quite enjoyable it's she also voiced Skagra's ship in the webcast for Shada hmm Christy McLaren so there you go um I think the story moves along nicely it doesn't really lag it's there's lots of a fun action and it I think it's it's, it's one of those historicals that I thoroughly I I maybe I need to revise my statement of I don't tend to enjoy historicals because now I'm starting to more often yeah and this is the last pure historical that they say until Black Orchid although as we have highly discussed in the past uh, we don't really consider anything that's period to be considered historical and in fact Black Orchid is not based on historic events so even with the quote-unquote until black orchid this really is the last pure historical historical. yeah i was really struck with the what made them decide to keep jamie because i'll be honest i expected way more jamie (laughs) <laughs> in a, in a story he does. Called, He's kind it's, of a smaller it's, it's, role. It's his premiere episode, and it's called The Highlanders, <laughs> and he becomes a companion. I'd never seen it before, so I went, yeah, Jamie. No. Yeah, not no, much. I I think Fraser said once that it was that uh, he got along really well with the cast. He got a re- along really well with the production crew, with the, um, uh, the oh, not the writers, the uh, producers at the time. Um, who would have been? Let's see. Jerry Davis, I guess, would have Ennis been the Lloyd, script right? writer. Ennis, Ennis Lloyd would have been producer at the time. So, yeah, I think he, he got on he got on well with them. Um, I think they also, although Ben's a young, good-looking guy, but I think maybe they also looked at him. I, I know he did talk about how he was reminded, he reminded, um, I think, Ennis Lloyd of another pop singer that was big at the time that they looked very similar and often Fraser said he would get mistaken for this other guy and I think that was maybe something that that they lent to you know what if we bring him on board it kind of you know he looks like this other guy maybe that'll get us some young cred some teen cred so he, he was a Chekhov he was a Chekhov yeah yeah let's bring let's bring Chekhov onto the ship because he looks like the monkeys yeah it looks like a beetle okay that was the monkeys he looks like a German beetle I'm not German. Uh, Russian. 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 Well, he doesn't really do anything companion-y until he stows away on their boat on their way back, which felt like they kind of rode in because they decided they liked the actor and kept him on. That being said, I mean... I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm I'm glad because I I love Jamie in in the second Doctor. What 
you know, I'm, I'm kind from of such humble beginnings to... Oh, yeah, <laughs> considering how little Jamie and the Doctor actually interacted and to see the friendship that developed so quickly and so fiercely throughout the next seven episodes. Although I episodes. love the fact that the Doctor uses him as the uh, bait because he, <laughs> think he, he basically points to him as, oh, that's, you know, Bonnie Prince William... Uh, in disguise, that's yeah. him. He's using yeah. Jamie, unbeknownst <laughs> to Jamie, that uh, he's, that he's using him and, and to be the decoy. So, also um, really, really appreciated Polly and how. Oh, knock it off! Let's go rescue the guy. <laughs> yeah, how she she gets something to do. Yeah, she well, gets something to do, and the fact that she helps bring Christy up into, you know, giving her character a story something arc. To do. Yeah. And giving her character, by giving Polly something to do, it gives Christy a growth as a character yeah. throughout the run. Well, it, it, it's still, the, the girls are still quite feminized in this for the 60s. I mean, that that's understandable. They also have, they are also given a little bit of a more powerful position in that they are separated and gives them a chance to, do things on their own, be a little more powerful women, be a little more, you know, self-sufficient women as, as, as they should be. And they, they, they are, they, it recognizes their worth a little more than sometimes when the companions all together and the female, you know, companions kind of get sidelined or, or damselized. I loved all or this go stuff. Make coffee. Yeah. yeah. Or go make coffee, which is the poly. <laughs> I loved all the stuff with Algernon, the, the, how that was all handled. Yeah. Even because they could have tried to use their sexuality of some way, but they didn't. It was all very, okay, we're going to actually threaten you and use our brains. And then the fact that Algernon kind of starts to develop a crush on Polly because of it, I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's very subversive, too, because, you know, the, the, the initial incident is, well, come on, let's create a distraction. Okay, we can outrun them. Oh, screw you, I'm going to leave. And she falls in a hole, and you just think, oh, okay, here, here's, here's going to... <laughs> but no, they rescue themselves. Yeah. And then they capture Algernon, and they leave him in the pit. And, and then they go and they you know become orange sellers, and then they get captured, and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. But no, they get out of it because of Algernon. And just through the whole thing, you're kind of waiting for that, when do they become the standard damsel in distress that they're going to have to be rescued? And they never are. And they right. never are. And it's certainly down to the fact that Polly knows her history better than even Ben does. And so that's another interesting thing is that, well, you know, Ben, you you obviously didn't learn, you didn't study your history because, and Polly knew a lot more about uh, the time than, than, than Ben did, which I thought was pretty cool. It was the one thing that I felt was a little bit of a contrivance was that it's been established that Ben was a sailor and he's handling, now, admittedly, it's a flintlock pistol of some type and he just casually tosses it onto a table <laughs> and, and it goes, it goes off. off. Yeah. Well, okay. he, he can hold his breath really well. Depending on oh, that's what, great. depending no on what <laughs> firearms though you were used to, most firearms of that of of his time of the 1960s you could were have the, that way. well you you would have pulled the you you wouldn't have had to have pulled back the hammer in order to cock it so that you could fire it. Right, it, it would have done it in one action. But with this one, I presume that he must have cocked it back, but then not thought about oh that was you know priming the the hammer. So when he threw it down, I kind of gave him a little pause because if you're not used to that, the fact that you have to, you know, prime it to pull it back and and cock it so that it's ready to fall on the powder, 
I could give him some. I, 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 I give him. I give him the slack because it's Ben. Because, <laughs> because it's Ben. Well, Ben. Ben is is steadfast, resolute in his inability to grasp the situation. <laughs> Often, yes. <laughs> until yeah. it's far too late. Yeah. Even oh, we're obviously home. We're in England. Yay! No mention of the time frame. Yeah. Oh, they're here. Historical reenactments. What? <laughs> You're in a time machine, Ben. <laughs> there was a, a bowling ball fell on you. <laughs> you didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> I love Ben. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore Ben, but sometimes it's just like, really? <laughs> well, and, and, and Ben certainly doesn't seem to really get to shine until they get on the boat when he grabs the contracts and, and, yeah. and tears them up. Uh, which I thought was really cool. And then them uh, hoisting him over the side of the boat and then him explaining how he got out of the knots. I thought it was genius. You know, he said, well, you know, it's the old Houdini trick. You know, you flex your muscles and make yourself really big so that when, after they're done tying you, you relax and then you're small again. And I thought, that's very clever. That's a very clever kid right there. I'll give him that. So that was, I I appreciated the fact that everybody was given something to do for being split up and everybody's changed. Well, besides, besides Jamie, but eventually of, he's given something to do of, of Team Tardis, you know, yes, and and, yeah. and in a way they're all given their own companion because Polly gets Christy and Ben gets Jamie, mm-hmm. yeah. and the Doctor kind of gets whoever he's hanging out with at any given time because he interacts <laughs> with all of the people. But yeah, and if and anything, the Doctor such a joy to, to at least listen to yeah. Patrick Trout and go through being uh, Doctor von von Weir, which is in German is. Doctor Who. I don't know if you knew that, but it's also part of that joke where he says, I'm Dr. Von Weir. And he goes, Dr. Who? And he goes, that's what I said. <laughs> so it makes the joke right there. It leaves it right up uh, to disguising himself as the old lady and even going into the whole voice, you know, oh, that's a lady. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Uh, he just, he doesn't, he gets that once he becomes the old lady, he kind of dips back in the background a little bit. A little bit. Well, he's, he's, little. But, but getting, he's observing. Though, but getting to that point was so delightful of tricking uh, Gray and Perkins. <laughs> well, you, you suffer from headaches. <laughs> Bam! Bam! <laughs> I, I I did have a bit of a problem with that because it was a little two three stooges, which I, I I could understand the the where you're going for that violent humor there. Um, sometimes that works and can be appropriate. That felt a, a little non-doctor like for me. Uh, he's still fresh uh, off his regeneration. Once you know, <laughs> once he ties up Perkins and shoves him in the closet, I thought, all right. Um, but then, yeah, when with Perkins, in order to get that little comic moment, I thought yeah, it's a little. If it had been, if he'd just convinced him that you know his eyes were bad and he needed to, but giving him the headache by slamming his head, I that was a little too much for me. But I can I can give it a pass. I suppose. Well, I even I even wonder why because he he's he's talking to him in the Sherman accent. He's got the standard. He's got the guy. He's got him hook, line, and sinker. I need a free hand to be able to do it. And the guy's going to agree to it. And then he wraps it up and ties him up and throws him in the closet. And it's like. Why? <laughs> what were you hoping to accomplish? You had won. You had won the verbal argument with this guy. He was greedy. He was he was going to give in and say, "Yeah, okay, what do you need?" But okay, <laughs> well, I think it's funny that Gray continues to fall for the doctor as well because even oh, after yeah. he ties him up, throws him in a closet, and then when he gets out, then he goes to him with the ring and he's like, "Oh, I don't know who it is." I know, and Gray's all, "Okay, yeah." Even 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 agreeing to pay the ten thousand guineas to the doctor for the information, I thought, 
for Gray, who's really supposed to be a solicitor, he's supposed up? to be, he's supposed to be smart. He's not very smart. In fact, he's not any smarter than the the captain and and Trask. Yeah, Trask. That being said, he was so unlikable that it was a joy. Gray or Trask? Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a joy seeing them tricked and defeated as the doctor defeated them. <laughs> I do like that they they even though Perkins is working with the bad guy, you kind of he has a, a almost an, a little bit of an adorable quality to him. And so I'm glad that at the end he kind of gets the well all, you know, hey, you need somebody to speak <laughs> was it French? They were going mm-hmm. to get, Yeah. yeah and I, I know French. I can, <laughs> I can speak French. I'll go with you. He turned, you know, turns tails on. Well, and the scene in the uh, in the tavern where he confronts the the orange winches could have been played lecherous. Yeah. Could have been well, played. Yeah, it was, it, it's a bit smarmy, but it, it's smarmy, bad, but it's yeah. not lecherous. And then when he insists that he, you know, join them, what are we going to do? Let's play whist. <laughs> you are the worst bad guy ever. <laughs> your, your heart is not in it, my, my friend. You just can't. What do you want to do? You want to play cards? <laughs> okay. I imagine so, he doesn't get much social interaction no, besides I, well, Gray. Hanging so. out with Gray, yeah. I wouldn't think so, but. I had to look up corked. Oh, the, you didn't the, know that the, that the meant getting corked. Yeah, it gets uh, pieces cork. of the cork no, in the bottle. I, I, that's what I Is thought. Is that what you thought? Okay. My my first thought was that it had cork in, in the in the bottle because they mention in the book that he's looking. And then I thought, well, maybe he meant that it had been recorked, and that it wasn't a fresh bottle. That he thought that Perkins had been nipping some off the off top. So I went and looked it up. It doesn't mean that it's got cork floating in it. It means that it has picked up the acidic taste of cork. Oh, okay. Oh. Apparently, there's an actual chemical that is is, is in a cork that mm-hmm. can leach into the wine. Ah, I, I, didn't I didn't know, know. that. So. I always thought corked was little fillings, fillings that got into the. That's why the he wine, tastes so. it first and then spits it out. I was like, ah. and I had to look up ducking because one of the one of the chapter titles was. Uh, a ducking for Ben. Oh, oh, when they... Um, and they went yeah. and plunged him over the edge. Yeah. And I went, well, surely they meant dunking, right? <laughs> this is just a typo. Nope. So I went and looked it's it up. It's called ducking, yeah. Well, it is dunking, but it's called ducking. <laughs> like, okay. Normally when <laughs> I type right. ducking, I'm trying ducking, to do something completely ducking is, different. Ducking is dropping them in for From a, a while yeah. to to the point where they they think they're going to drown and then pulling them up right, again. Yes. Yeah, that's why it's ducking. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, normally I, when I, I didn't bother looking that normally up. when I type ducking, it's a mistake. But <laughs> stupid autocorrect. But uh, yeah, I had to look that one up too. But. So you know, I learned things from 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 this historical. <laughs> it's good to know. There were a lot of words that I was did the sci-fi thing of. Yep, that's a oh, of, that a Scottish of, word. A lot look. of the Scottish. <laughs> oh, but it wasn't too heavy. In it there, wasn't. It really was. Could have been a lot worse for being a book called the Highlanders, especially <laughs> for the accents. It could yeah. have been yeah a lot worse. That was one thing that was a little different is that there, I think the book was a little more accurate uh, yeah. uh, from it. With the accents. With and... the accents and things than, than even what the TV show. There was a lot more you can and, uh, <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff in it. Which made me wonder, because I, I have to tread carefully here because I certainly mean no disrespect to any of our British friends. When, typically, we do a film here about something in America's past... Up until recently, it's been fairly whitewashed. It's been fairly sanitized as far as history goes. And so dealing with a British TV show 
in the 60s doing a story on the Scotch Revolution, I kind of thought, I wonder how accurate, you know, that this, or, or, or how, how sanitized this is. Now, obviously, they, they tell you right at the beginning, history is not going to portray it this way. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got the out. But I was, I, was, I was very much struck by the, this feels very respectful to the Scottish cause, even so mm-hmm. going so far as to you pick the standard up, you don't throw it on the floor, you treat it with well, respect. I mean, I mean, there were a lot of those kinds of things. They put the Highlanders out. as the heroes. Yeah. As opposed to the villains, which you would almost expect the opposite from a British That's perspective. That's why, I, yeah. yeah. I, was, I, 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 I wonder if uh, uh, Jerry Davis or maybe if there's Scottish descent there and this was kind of a, you know... We're going to tell the story of William Wallace. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know that much about it either. I'm not an expert, but I certainly think that that's a that's an era. I think that even the British people look back on and say, "Yeah, no, that that shouldn't happen." Because that, this wasn't the Scots trying to. This was Scots trying to take back their country. This right. wasn't the Scots deciding they wanted to split off from from the Brits or the the, the English. This was the the English king believing that he ruled all of that and all of Scotland and them fighting for William, uh, Prince William uh, saying, no, he's the rightful king of, of, of England. So because he, uh, the, the king at the time uh, was King George. I think it was King George. Uh, it was actually German. He came from Germany. So, I mean, that that was the thing is they didn't they didn't feel like they they were being ruled by him. And so they it was more of a. Um, uh, not you said revolution. It wasn't a revolution. It was a um, insurrection, is what it was. Mm. And so I think even, and I could be wrong, but the, I think even in UK they realize now that that was not the right way to go about things. So I think in, even in the sixties, they there was no romanticizing the British army for going up and trying to take over because it was very brutish, and uh, the the Jacobites were really trying to defend themselves or defend their lands rather is what they were right. trying to do so I, I i don't see that there would have been any conflict with being truthful in that situation so i don't know i could be wrong i don't know either i thought it was interesting that it wasn't yeah but you're right we've tended to wipe in hollywood um, really sanitize not like over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. they didn't quite get the Gunfight at the OK Corral, right? So let's hope that they got that. Right. Well, I, I, I appreciated that the novelization gave us an explanation of what was like the history of what was happening as we started. Where the, of course the story doesn't; it just drops you, just in and drops you, you go, right in. But yeah. Yeah. it's nice to have that kind of back history in case you don't know what's going right. on. Which, right, which of course I didn't. Or a moment where one of your characters, you know, if, if the doctor or if Polly had pulled Ben aside and said, didn't you study history? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, yeah. I feel like we needed that moment in the TV show because I don't, we didn't get that in uh, Reign of Terror either, did we? No, we didn't. And, and I feel No, like, in fact, Brenda had to help us yeah, <laughs> with that's, Reign that's, of Terror a little bit. Yeah, I think now I would appreciate Reign of Terror better because I know what was more happening then, especially since watching it and other uh, media I've taken in since then. <laughs> Although... Reign of Terror focuses very small microcosm until the end. The end right. becomes the bigger picture. Yeah. The uh, but things like the, the Crusades, the the big picture is is there the whole time, and and 
<laughs> and our, you know, the TARDIS crew is really kind of the small part of the big picture. Uh, Highlanders, I think, kind of does a balance of both. Is yeah. that it's it 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 still focuses on a microcosm of something that's happened with in the trappings of the bigger picture that they're right. also giving us as well. So I think that that's that strikes a better balance than either of those two previous stories. So. Yeah, it really does. But and it's in tradition of historical. It's no end of world thing, which is kind of a nice change of pace for any Doctor Who. Story, oh yeah, because we know how it's going to turn out, or yeah. we should know how it's going to turn <laughs> out. So cool. Anything else? I enjoyed it oh, quite a bit. Me too. Apparently, because now I've listened to it twice and read it and watched it. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? I don't remember. <laughs> well, I was giving you your audio cue this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't have it pulled up this week, oh, so oh. I was I was I was unprepared. Uh, it's a book, isn't it? Aren't we doing? No, uh, we're doing uh, uh, the the last of the quote unquote virus oh, that's arc. Right. The, the, the virus, which arc, I still don't right. think is gonna. I, I I like what you said last week about. The, we'll call it the virus theme. The virus theme, yes. <laughs> We're doing that. There's no arc whatsoever. It's, uh, oh, mission, mission of the Virons, and uh, that's the second. That's one. the second one. I don't remember what the first one's called now. You it's a made big, me forget about it's a, these. It's a big finish. I was going to give you these when I was telling you about my vacation. I wondered, but I didn't want to be greedy and go, "Where's my? Where's gift? my gift?" <laughs> well, we kind of have a tradition. The mind's eye and mission of the virus. Thanks, we, we sort Mind's of have a—that's the ones. We sort of have a tradition of uh, shot glasses. Ooh. So I brought you guys shot glasses. There's a sticker still on that one. Probably a sticker still on his. Too. Ditto. Yeah. That just makes it authentic. Thank you. So we got that at Ooh. Shell City. Where's the naked lady? <laughs> you got to turn it upside <laughs> down. Oh. Turn it upside down. Hey, the flamingos. <laughs> the flamingos doing something really feathers weird. Feathers go away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank That's you actually from Navarre Beach. So, Ooh. yeah, this little place called Shell City, which was hilarious because was it we made st- of shells. We stayed in a place called Chelsea in um, near Birmingham, is where our friends live. And every time I said Chelsea, the kids thought I was saying Shell City, which is a joke with them because. They would launch into the SpongeBob, the song in the SpongeBob movie, where they're going to Shell City to find the crown. To I don't know how it goes. You know, you'd think I would because they sang it three thousand times every time I said Shell City. They would say launch into the song, but the, because I'm saying I'm not Chelsea. I'm saying when I'm saying Chelsea, they think I'm saying Shell City, and they launch into the song. So it's serendipitous that we get to Navarre Beach, and there's actually a place called Shell City, which I don't know if you've seen the SpongeBob movie, but no. this is pretty much Shell City from the SpongeBob movie. In fact, I expected to go in there and, and find, you know, the little sponges all dried up and everything in a sprinkler system. Did that you I take was... pictures with the kids and go? <laughs> well, Hold yeah, it. they took a picture of the sign. It was hilarious. So we end up in <laughs> Shell City, which they've been serendipitously singing about all the way down on this trip. Anyway. <laughs> what else is on the schedule, Sean? So um, what was the first one again? It's uh, Big Finish 102, The Mind's, Mind's Eye, Eye, and Mission of the Virons. And that's next week. And then the following week is... Uh, a very is, is private haunting by Sharon Bidwell. For the Lethbridge Stewart verse. Brigverse. Back to the Brigverse. Back to the Brigverse. And then after that, just one more. Uh, 96 Valhalla. Big finish. And then Titan Comics miniseries Ghost Stories 1 through 4. Titan Comics. Well, say that again? Miniseries Ghost Stories 1 through 4. What is that? Your that's... absolute favorite. 
Is that more Torchwood? No. no. That's the that? ghost from it's Christmas the Return in July. of Doctor Mysterio. Oh, right, right. The 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 Yes, okay. I forgot about that, that there was a uh, comic series for that. Yeah. Well, they might be, they might be all right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> this I is where the I'm ghost gonna, Yeah, well, belongs. exactly. Uh, I'm not going to judge that the the character's not a bad character it's a good concept it was it's it's a fun element save it, save it for it's, 3 weeks it's completely completely don't sell yourself on it before well, you are right <laughs> so i'll come back and go what the heck was that no yeah you're right no i don't but i i i i guess i should say i don't have any i'm not going into it you're with not negative dreading yeah. it no not at all okay not at all oh you've already read it no i oh. haven't <laughs> You I finished tonight's homework tonight. You think I've, <laughs> you think I've read anything ahead? Let alone three weeks ahead? Let alone three weeks ahead. Now, if I schedule some Eighth Doctor stuff, I can go, yeah, I've done that one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, please consider uh, supporting us on uh, Patreon. You can find a link to that um, page on our website, travelingthevortex.com. Keith, if they want to send us feedback. While you're on our website, go to the Send This Feedback tab, and you can just fill out the form there. Or you can send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. If you don't like forms. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anything else we need to do this week before uh, we close out? I don't believe so. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Thank you.